Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pinnell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe, well, we're here to support you and inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And if you want to go beyond the podcast and connect with our community of like-minded vegan entrepreneurs, then head over to veganbusinesstribe.com where you can get more involved in our community and help support our mission. You can also attend our online meetups. You can get support from Lisa and myself with your vegan business. You can study our vegan marketing course and just be part of a wonderful community of vegan business people just like you. And we're always really grateful to our members because they are the people who mean that we can keep recording this podcast every week and keep putting out all of our content and just generally doing everything we can to support vegan business worldwide. Now, those of you who are subscribers to our email or signed up to the website, you'll know that we recently partnered up with Crowdfunder UK to take a group of our members through their first crowdfunding campaign. I know that some of you even backed some of those campaigns, which was absolutely amazing. 17 companies went through the program, which raised over £20,000 worth of backing. And all the members, they also received extra coaching and support, both from us at Vegan Business Tribe, but also the team at Crowdfunder UK. And if you want to know everything we all learned, so what I learned, what they learned, then go jump back to episode 24 of this podcast. And that's why I spend a full 45 minutes spilling the beans or maybe the chickpeas about how crowdfunding works. You can also go take a look at the crowdfunding section of the Vegan Business Tribe website, where you can watch back some of the recordings of the sessions we did with the Crowdfunder UK team, and also the meetups that we put on, and just lots of other really good, useful stuff. But I also wanted to do a follow-up just to bring you two interviews with a couple of our members who successfully hit their crowdfunding targets as part of the programme. And we've singled out Victoria from Happy Carrot Skincare and Laura from Primary Education because they were two standout stars of a crowdfunding programme that really made it work for them. But at the same time, they've been exceptionally honest about how much work they had to put in to hit their fundraising targets. And in a way, these are two stories of two very different companies, but who achieved the same goal in different ways. It's also a story of two small vegan businesses who raised the absolute maximum that they thought they could raise from the audiences they already had. And we're not talking massive amounts of money here. Victoria, she was looking to raise just one and a half thousand pounds and Laura she was raising three thousand pounds and those figures came from going through the crowdfunding program first and working out a realistic amount of money that they could look to raise with the audience and the communication channels and the platforms that they'd already built up and this is really important to anyone who is thinking about crowdfunding for your vegan business that raising money 
as a new, not even launched, unknown, unconnected company, it's going to be ridiculously hard. And we're going to hear some of that from Victoria and Laura in these follow-on chats. But what's also worth paying attention to is where the money came from in both campaigns. So for Victoria, she already knew most of the people who backed her project. They were already customers or they had a link with her in some way. For Laura, the majority of the backers, they were complete strangers. And this difference comes down to the different missions that both these companies are on. Victoria at Happy Carrot, she makes amazing, and and I mean amazing, just ask Lisa, the other better half of Vegan Business Tribe, but Victoria makes amazing, vegan, only plant ingredients, skincare products. But at the end of the day, even though Victoria's product may change a customer's life, and especially if they're dealing with acne or complex skin issues, she is still selling a product. So people evaluate the money that they're giving against the product they'll receive, meaning it's more likely to be people who've already got a relationship with the product who'll be the ones who back the crowdfunder. Whereas Laura and Primary of Education is helping to make schools more inclusive for vegan children. And if you've got a child who has faced difficulties with their school because they're vegan, then that is a project that you only have to hear about once to be happy to support it. And that's why Laura had complete strangers backing her crowdfunder. And Victoria, she received her backing from people who were already on a journey with her and her product. And that's not to take anything away from either company. Both these companies are doing amazing things to move the vegan scene forwards in their own areas of expertise. But how people connected with their crowdfunding campaigns was very, very different. And it's worth taking what you can learn from each if you're looking to run a successful campaign yourself. So before we go jump into the interviews, one more thing which is worth saying is at the end of each interview, I ask what they would do if they were now going to look at raising bigger sums of money. And if you are looking at going beyond raising just a few thousand pounds, then also on the Vegan Business Tribe website, we do have some interviews with people who have raised a lot more. And so if you go to the website, go to the content section and search for Mike hill from one planet pizza mike and his son they raised twenty thousand pounds through equity-based crowdfunding before they'd even sold a single pizza and they've since gone on to do many more rounds of funding and they've attracted investors and he tells us exactly how he's done that Okay, so let's get into the chats. And I'm going to start with Victoria from Happy Carrot Skincare. And I talked to Victoria just hours after her campaign closed. Now, Victoria, we're talking about your crowdfunder and it's been an emotional few days. It has, yeah. Actually, not just a few days, it's been an emotional four weeks, I think. The whole thing from start to beginning, yeah. But then the last week really just just picked up and it all just took a life of its own, really. It was a bit yeah. crazy. Yeah, because it's really interesting because you weren't doing a huge crowdfunder, were you? You were looking for, I think, £1,500. Yeah, yeah. I just did the numbers and I worked out I was never going to be able to get more than that. Um, so I wanted to 
take a risk, but play it fairly safe, if you know what I mean. So I, I knew I was never going to get 5,000 because that's just, I don't have the followers to, to be able to do that. Absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of people have learned by going through this crowdfunding exercise, that actually it's about how big your audience is. Because I think every single person that you're going to get to your crowdfunding page, you have to drive there. It's almost, you know, you need to start with the people you know. Yeah. And actually, even though I thought because VegFest, because I was doing the plant-based, uh, plant-powered expo this weekend with them, and they, I think that led loads and loads and loads of people to my page on Sunday because I look at the the visits and it spiked right up. But I didn't get many visits, many pledges from them. So I think it actually still works with, it's not just random strangers that you've got no connection with. I think it generally works with the people that you've already got in your network or that are already following you, already engaged with you. That's what seems to be the case with me anyway. And that's a really important part as well, isn't it? Because Crowdfunder, who we partnered with on this, they always say start at the centre, then work your way out. So it's the people who have already got some kind of link with you or your business who are most likely to back you when you're doing a Crowdfunder. Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems to be anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant, but, you know, congratulations for hitting that. I think you got £1,510 in the end. Yes, I had a last-minute one this morning that kind of took me to the 10. I don't know if that, cause that's someone I, um, it's a customer, but it's someone that I've connected with. I don't know if they just thought, I'll just put that just in case, just in case, you know, so bless her. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a nice little surprise this morning. And now it's open, so I've, I've done that always open options so you can still donate to the page but no rewards just uh, just donations so yeah well, which is absolutely amazing now just to go through your journey on this then because when we did our original crowdfunding workshop you know this is something that we highlighted that most of the activity on crowdfunders it comes in the first few days and the last few days and in fact if you look at the graph you know it starts out really high goes down yeah, to yeah. the nothing you know then goes back up again so uh, what's about your experience Oh, totally. Yeah. By the end of the second week, I nearly gave up the whole business. I was thinking that Happy Carrot was was just a stupid idea. What the hell was I doing? And that nobody liked me. My customers all hated me. And I honestly, this was genuinely going on in my head. And um, and then it wasn't until kind of almost the end of the third week, I just picked up with one or two pledges. And it came at a time that kind of I felt a bit more positive. And then it just... Did I? It just took off, didn't it? Yeah, just took off. But it's interesting to point out that you've got the option of doing, on Crowdfunder at least, you don't get the option of doing this on all platforms, but you've got the option of doing all or nothing or flexible funding. And when you do flexible funding, it doesn't matter as much if you hit your target because you still get to keep everything. But you chose to do all or nothing. So if you didn't get to that 1,510, you wouldn't have got a penny of that, would you? No. And it was something I regretted, actually, because I think I am a bit of a risk taker. I mean, I go I go with what I feel is right, even though it's not necessarily always the best thing to do at the time. And I thought, well, it because it's a smaller amount, I'm more likely to be able to push it and get the kind of it's all or nothing. So you need to help us. Otherwise, this product is not going to be launched. So I thought it would help me. And maybe it did. But it definitely caused a bit of extra stress. So. 
<laughs> so it, it it's is, not but, a decision but, I think I would make again, to be honest. Well, well, I mean, that's interesting, though. But crowdfunding themselves, they do recommend that you go all or nothing rather than flexible yeah. funding. Yeah. And, and I actually think, you know, just because of the activity that we saw on the last week, in the last couple of days especially, you know, everybody was sharing your campaign. Everyone was getting on board yeah. because people knew if you didn't hit that absolute deadline, you weren't getting a penny. So uh, I think we're seeing maybe other people on flexible funding. They're not seeing that same kind of urgency. Yeah, I think I'd, it did work for me. Yes, I suppose so. But then because I chose the smaller number, again, when I did the training, it really sounded like, yeah, all or nothing. And you get higher amounts and you're more likely to get that pressure the last week. And then even now, although the page is still open and you can donate, I can't imagine people are going to go in and donate now because it's done and I've got the 100%. So I think it's the same, that urgency. I think that's what kind of, I think that's that's the the key really yeah absolutely so just tell me then victoria so mm -hmm. as we said this last few days has been a, a bit of an emotional roller coaster yes. but what did you actually do in those last few days just to really push the campaign and promote it what did you do then that you hadn't been doing before to be honest not much more because i have been fair i think i've been really active the whole campaign i haven't kind of stopped for a minute actually and I'm exhausted. <laughs> um, but the last, I mean, I tried doing Facebook lives in the middle of the campaign and it didn't work. And then I did another one and I did another one. I also just this last week, I did live stories on Instagram every day well, and Facebook. So it kind of, there was a bit more of the person behind it and just an update. Because when there's not much going on, it's difficult to update people. But when there was a really, like it started really moving, then it was easier to give like a little story on on Instagram. And I thought it was nice just for people to, you know, see the face behind it and see the emotion behind it as well. So so that was kind of the extras, really, the lives. Um, I did a couple of extra MailChimp send outs. And I think it was my my friends and family just really started pushing it. <laughs> my my best friend my best friend has been my campaign manager essentially she has bullied people into sending it around um, and doing all the work she's like right come on everybody's got to do this now so she really was my my rock behind it and she she um she was the one that instigated so many shares and i think having somebody there to help you do that because it's difficult to do it yourself isn't it but somebody yeah. else to push it for you was was really helpful and again, having that absolute deadline of yeah. knowing that, you know, if you don't get it by then, you don't get it all, that, that enables people to do that. But that was interesting what you said, where there, there wasn't, you know, a, a lot of different activity towards the end. And I think it comes back to marketing in general, you know, that people have to see your message over and over again. It takes so much to actually get in their awareness that you're doing something. So like a crowdfunder or marketing in general, but, you know, all the research, it's saying something like it takes seven or eight times of someone actually being asked to do something and those touch points with your company to actually do it. So that combination of a deadline and you just just having that consistency of keeping that rolling i think that's what comes together at the end yeah i don't i i can't say that i did much different the last week i did up it a little bit but i think really it was just a combination of everything that i had been doing and the fact that i'd been kind of yeah consistent keep giving right the deadline it's all or nothing support me on this these are the rewards i'd focused on kind of different rewards I'd focused on the product and that made my campaign easier actually because I had a product behind it. I didn't just kind of, I want to raise money. And I think by saying this product is only going to be a reality and isn't it great? And here are the reviews and the rest of it. So I think for me, 
what helped was having the product behind it and that kind of gave the deadline more of a real feel to it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing we've always said throughout this is crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, yes, it's about raising money and, and getting the money is brilliant because then you can go and do something with it. But it's the exposure that you get as well. Like, I, I mean, just uh, I think a few hours before your campaign ended, Vegan Food and Living magazine put out. Yeah, uh, bad you know, timing. <laughs> before, at least it was before the campaign ended. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You, you know, because we, we've got plenty of our members whose campaigns are still going as well. But they, they yeah, put an email out, you know, to twenty five thousand subscribers. We, we've had um, VegFest UK have been. Absolutely Absolutely brilliant. They've been hitting their mailing list with it. Um, we've had, you know, Veg Economist and lots of different magazines have picked up the story and picked people out of it as well. So I, I think that exposure has been really worthwhile as well as getting the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what that exposure has led to at the moment, but those are kind of long term. Like you said, people maybe need more exposure. And then perhaps the next time they hear the name Happy Carrot or they kind of see my face again then maybe then that exposure helps again in the future doesn't it so you can't necessarily quantify what it is now but I think hopefully fingers crossed in the future it will it will all work together as that kind of the the rolling ball gathers moss I think that's the opposite. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, we don't really like try to say, no, we don't try to say. I mean, it it's is been interesting a long campaign, David. That it, it, it has, but it, I mean, it's been interesting that some other people on the campaign have said that they've had some great messages and they've had some, you know, uh, companies approaching them as well, seeing that they've done the crowdfunding and saying, actually, we'd like to get involved with your business in some way. So I, I think any exposure is greater exposure. But you, you just mentioned there about the future as well. So mm-hmm. what have you learned from going through this? So is there anything that you would do differently if, if you were starting a Um, Well, I actually wrote a blog about it because I thought that was an interesting way to connect with people. Um, And my my message, I've actually got it written here on my laptop, is trust in the universe. And I lost a little bit of trust. But yeah, stuff works out. If you put the effort in, it it works out in the end. Um, So that was my personal lesson. But something from, from speaking to you during the campaign as well about my numbers and I just... I, I need to have more numbers. I need to have more kind of bums on seats to be able to get where I want to get to. So that's that's important. And that came at a good time for me. Um, and yeah, support comes in lots of different forms. And, and it was really useful to have the pledges and the the PR and the just the moral support as well behind it all. So there's been loads. I can't put it all into one thing, but yeah. Um, and I. I think doing it on my own, completely on my own, would have been really, really hard. It's been helpful just to have like the um, the crowdfunding network meeting that I went to and the the group on Slack, just because I knew that other people were feeling the same way and and kind of just the occasional oh it's all terrible has has been really good, not good, but it, it's helpful to know that it's not us. It's it's just the experience is hard. It is. And you mentioned a really interesting point there about numbers. Um, Because when we all started this as a group, Crowdfunder were quite uh, forward with saying about the uh, ratio of people that you need to get to your page. And I think it's something like one in 20 who come to your page will donate. And and out of that, the average donation is is £50. So you actually have needs to get... Got it written down here that for me it was 600 600 visits I needed. Yeah, absolutely. Have that next to my laptop for the last how many weeks. if you are a smaller company and you've only got 100, 200 people on your mailing list, that's actually quite a big ask to, to get any any large amount of money. And actually, having said that I've got a really small mailing list and the rest of it, but some of those last minute pleasures yesterday, they came from my mailing list. 
and they're my my kind of my core supporters so although it's small it is quite you know it's, it's mighty you know it got me there Absolutely. So look into the future then. If you were to do crowdfunding again, and many companies do crowdfunding, you know, multiple times for multiple different reasons, quite often start with rewards based as we've done here, but then move into equity based and all sorts of things. If you were looking to raise a large amount, now having gone through this and knowing what you know, what steps would you be taking to actually start preparing to, to do a larger crowdfunder? I would just, I mean, I think this scale for a small business, great. I think on a bigger scale, I wouldn't have a hope of succeeding. So I think you need to have a bigger business, a bigger crowd, a bigger kind of uh, audience, really. Uh, so I suppose it's about doing all the background stuff first and making sure that. But then how do you get the bigger business without the funding? So it's a bit of the chicken and the egg, isn't it? But um, yeah, I I don't know that I would do a bigger scale where I am at the moment because I don't think my business is ready for that. So now it's putting in the work and building the lists and keep doing what I'm doing to get in a position that maybe in the future with a bigger audience, then it could work. But I don't think I would risk it now. <laughs> it, would be, it would be too much of an even bigger emotional roller coaster, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. No, no, no. no. But, but what you say, you know, it, it comes down to those figures again, isn't it? And, and as any small business, the best thing you can do is to start building that audience. You know, not even for doing crowdfunders, just in, in general. Mm. You know, the bigger audience you have, the more people you have believing in your mission and believing in what you're doing, then the easier it becomes to market a company and a product. Yeah, absolutely. It's just you don't realise what you maybe you don't realize what you have and what you what you need to have but this has definitely put the spotlight on on where i am and where i want to be and what i need to do to to get there so it's been it's been an eye opener in that way that it's really kind of shown me what it is i need to work on and and what's working because actually i thought it was what wasn't working but now i see at the end <laughs> on the other side that i can see that something is working because otherwise i wouldn't have got there and as Victoria said there at the end, putting the money aside for a moment, going through a crowdfunding campaign is a real test of your business. And it puts the spotlight on what is working and what is not working. And sometimes being able to figure all that out, that can actually be worth more than the money you're looking to raise. Okay, Try and keep those points in your mind that Victoria made as we now go to Laura from Primary of Education. And Laura works to make schools more inclusive for vegan children. And again, we chatted about her experience just as Laura had completed a crowdfunder campaign and hit a target, but also when she'd just gone on maternity leave too. Now, first of all, thank you for joining me today because you are actually on maternity leave at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, I've got about between two to three weeks before we meet little one. <laughs> that, that is uh, absolutely so for you, amazing. I'd do anything, David. Oh, that, that is brilliant here, Laura. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, we're going to have a quick chat just about your crowdfunder because you've just completed a very successful crowdfunder. You were looking to raise £3,000. You raised £3,105, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the grand total. Unbelievable. <laughs> and, unbelievable. Yeah, and, and that is amazing because you, you got 76 people to back you. And now we have partnered up with Crowdfunder to go through this whole programme. And now they always say that on average... One in 20 people who visit your crowdfunder page will back your product and the average donation is £50. So to hit that £3,000, you needed, what, something like 1.2 thousand people to actually visit your page. Now, that's a big ask for a small company. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable. In fact, the moment that I received the email from Crowdfunder saying you've reached your target, I couldn't quite believe it. But it just goes to show how many generous people there are out there and, um, and how many people believed in the project as well. Because most of the donations that I received seemed to be from complete strangers, just wow. people who um, on social media had seen me kind of throw myself out there and something resonated with them with regards to the whole, you know, the fact that I work with children, vegan children and in education as well. So, um, so it's just great to think about the reach and how far it went, really, because I don't think I had that many thousands of people visiting my page. Um, my reach isn't that big, I don't think, but it reached the right people. And that is amazing because I think that comes back to what we talk about a lot at Vegan Business Tribe, about having um, being on a mission, having something which is remarkable about you, but people actually want to get on board with you. And I think that's exactly what you've done in primary education. I mean, you are helping uh, schools to be more inclusive for vegan children. And I think so many parents will see that as a worthwhile mission to get behind. I think that's where your support's come from. Yeah, I, um, I'd like to think so. I mean, I have been at this for you know, about four years now, so... Um, there are a lot of people who are becoming more familiar with my work and especially since launching the book. Um, and I think that the book was a good driver as well because I was able to use that in my rewards. And I think the first price that I put on it was about £15. And you can buy the book on various websites for about somewhere between 10 and 12 anyway. So it was just kind of, you know, if, if you like the idea of my guidebook for educators, then if you just added a couple more pounds on, then you can get that as well as supporting the crowdfunder. So I think the vegan parents out there who may have considered buying my book previously, but hadn't got round to it, this was kind of the push and educators as well, perhaps for them to do it. Absolutely. So we, we talked a little bit about audience there that you're saying you didn't have that, quite, that audience to reach that many people. But how big an audience do you think you've managed to build up over the years? Well, wow, it's been incredible. I mean, there, there were a couple of really, really generous donors um, who I never met, never heard of, and who now I feel as though I will keep in touch with with all of the work that I do going forward, um, which is great. Um, and I just think that there are just there are just so many people out there who um, who have shared and liked as well. And so I think I'm grateful to them for growing my audience as well. It certainly seems as though there are a lot more people now contacting me and getting in touch with me. And so in so much as raising the money, that was absolutely fantastic as well. But it has really built the profile of primary education also. Um, like I said, because of all these anonymous people who've come forward to back me and who I'm sure will end up following my work and they've all signed up to my newsletter. So in every which way of the sense, it's just been phenomenal for the business. Absolutely. And, and what we always say is that crowdfunding isn't just about the money. It is about that exposure. And I've known companies who have done crowdfunding and they haven't hit their targets, but the exposure they've got as a business was actually worth more to them in the long run. They might not have appreciated it at the time, but in the long run, that exposure was actually what made the business. Mm, that's right. I mean, I've spent money um, with businesses that joined at the same time as me, businesses that, who I wasn't aware of as well. Mm. And so even just going into it with those 20 other businesses um, meant that, you know, I, I, I'm now promoting them as well and they're promoting me. And so in, all in all, I think from, from a networking perspective and from a business perspective, I couldn't 
recommend doing this enough. The icing on the cake is actually being able to move my project forward <laughs> because um, it really has just been, you know, it feels like camaraderie, the fact we all did it together. We all support one another. Now we're going to support each other's businesses going forward. Um, and we can't thank the business tribe enough for it, really. That, that's really appreciated, Laura. Thank you so much for that as well. But I mean, that has made a difference going through this as a group of companies. I think everybody has learned so much. We've learned from each other. And, you know, maybe a third of the companies have managed to raise what they were looking to raise, but everyone has just taken so much out of this. And now just, just keeping with that idea of collaboration, though, I know that um, when you're building an audience, there's two ways to do it. You either have to do it the hard way, which involves, you know, lots of time, lots of door knocking, or, or, or you can pay for it as well, but that's just a shortcut. Or you can piggyback on other people's audiences as well. Now, I know that you've done a lot of link-ups in the past, especially with Tina Newham as well. From, uh, and she wrote the, uh, the vegan children's book, Vivi the Super Vegan. Now, uh, how much did that help in the crowdfunder as well, of teaming up with people like that? Oh, it, it, was, it was so valuable, very much so. Um, I'm very lucky that a local baker, the vegan cake baker, said that she would send some cookies out on my behalf. Um, and so I was able to do that. Um, disclaimer, she's my mom. <laughs> um, but, um, but nevertheless, she's a professional, so it was great to help her business. And they've been well received. But I've also done um, a collaboration with Tina Newman recently, and I actually have a teacher's resource pack that couples up with the books that she's released. So um, great to reach her audience or let my audience also reach hers and vice versa. But I think one of the things that I, I, that I found that I did initially and didn't realize it would be so successful was if any business donated money to my crowdfunder, Initially, I was just writing thank you and doing a big post on social media to be kind to them and be genuinely grateful. But then I realized the more that I was doing it, the more that was opening up to their audiences as well. And so, um, for example, I know a brilliant PR lady, Verity, vegan, ethical, um, her company called Sphere, she donated. And another one, uh, Sabrina, with her company, Impact, Ethical and Vegan. And I did a post that said, thank you both so much. It was so genuine initially. But then I realized that that had so much reach and their whole audience, because they knew one another, um, started to pitch in and share as well, that I actually kind of then started to do it intentionally. So if another company like Citizen Kind would give me cash, then I would do a big post saying thank you, thank you. And so collaboration for me um, was really important, but then I didn't realize actually how much more that would grow my audience if I kind of put it out there that they were supporting me. I think it triggered a little light bulb in people's minds. Oh, I must remember to do that because I like that business and that business. And if they like her, then perhaps I should like her. And, and so it grew. So, um, yeah, I think going forward with whatever I do with primary education, I think collaboration is going to be one of my biggest kind of aims and targets to make sure that I keep keep doing over and over again. Very much so. Yeah, because whenever you're collaborating with those audiences as well, uh, you know, it doesn't just help you. It helps that company as well for that company to be seen that they're supporting such such a great project as yours. But again, it comes back to that idea of mission. I mean, uh, if you were just selling vegan cake, for instance, you know, you wouldn't get that kind of recognition. As, as amazing as lots of vegan cake is, <laughs> you, you wouldn't get people just picking it up and running it like you've done in the past. Um, looking back at your campaign, though, it was really interesting that you got about 50 percent of your donations 
donations in the first week, then nothing for a couple of weeks. And then you got the last 40%, I think in the last three days almost, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. Just t- tell me a little bit, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about your journey. What kind of activity were you doing throughout the campaign? So very early on from day one, I was very active on social media. I was doing live videos and constant posts, um, newsletters, emails and whatnot. And then the dip in the middle, it was it was very much kind of, oh, I feel like I've reached everybody now. So friends and family who I'd assumed would pay in had done. And um, friends and companies and businesses like the ones pre-mentioned they'd all pitched in and and it was just I felt a little bit of a lull in myself and I almost thought as well you know perhaps it's a really bad time to be asking for money because I'm skint so maybe they're skint and and it was just this really like psychological dip of just oh perhaps my target was too high or and starting to doubt whether or not people cared about vegan children and oh it was just but then I guess that that dip was, thankfully, because of crowdfunder being so supportive, I knew that that was natural. And um, so I thought, okay, pick myself back up. Let's go for it. Um, And then just started doing live videos again and and more posts again and just varying what I was putting out there. And again, with the starting to tag um, the businesses as well who'd been supporting me. And and that kind of just took me through to the last three days where – I think I earned a grand within the last three days. Thankfully, one very generous um, donor gave quite a substantial amount. But it it really is so true what crowdfunders say that you do get most of it in the first and last because people just kind of, if they do support you and they just haven't got round to it, that's their opportunity to do it. And it it really feels as though I've just been the cliche project in that respect. It is absolutely. And it's having that deadline, which we're learning is a really, really important thing. And having that target and people pushing you over the line, Mm -hmm. because I think everyone's pretty much got to their deadline or maybe just 50 pounds over or 100 pounds over but they've not gone any further even if i've had another couple of days left so it is the psychological aspect of saying look you need to help me get over that line and if you haven't given yet this is your last chance to be able to help me to do that yeah absolutely and there are so many people out there who are willing to support but just with busy lives and just forgetting I mean, I think when you put a post out on social media, in my mind, I think everybody sees it, but it's only the smallest percentage of your audience who actually do see it. Um, So then I started to tag people and just remind them and just put my face out there as much as possibly possibly could and um and that's why I went over my target so that extra 105 pound came from people who'd said to me oh I'd been meaning to pay but didn't get around to it and um and and true to their word they did I mean I never thought I'd reach 3,000 let alone you know 105 over so um yeah, it's just been a really, really uphill, downhill roller coaster of a ride, but definitely worth it now that I can move my project forward. But that just shows that power of those final reminders, doesn't it? And, and, yeah. and I think that's why so much of the donations come in those last couple of days, because it is that pestering. So, you know, right at the start, everyone knows you're doing it and everyone thinks, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give to that at some point. But it's not till you get right to those couple of days, is it? You know, till people will actually, you know, put their hands in the pockets and, and give. And understanding that is really important as well because I know some of the people 
people on the crowdfunding uh, program that we've been running, they're getting to those last that last week, those last couple of days, and they're saying, but I've pestered everyone already. I, I don't want to seem like I'm really nagging people. But you have to do that, don't you? Oh, yeah. Go, you have to absolutely go for it. That's that's what I did, and it seems to have paid off for me. But uh, again, you know, with everything that you send out, the reach isn't as big as everybody thinks. I'm no social media expert, but I I do know that you know, out of let's say my 500 friends, there will have been at least 400 who didn't even know I was running the crowdfunder, because that's the way the algorithm works. So um, so yeah, I would highly recommend as I did. I went live, I think twice a day each day for the last few um, days as well. Just um, just put it all out there. There's no embarrassment. There's no shame. You know, if you believe in your project and you genuinely want people to support you because you know that you're doing better for the world and for your company, then just 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 go for it. That's what I did. And it worked. That's absolutely brilliant to hear as well, Laura. And I think some of the people on the programme who haven't hit their targets and haven't got, you know, into those larger amounts of donations, they found that they very quickly exhausted that audience that they've had. Because if you've just set up a business, then you don't have any audience. And that is reflected in the amount of, you know, money that you can raise and the backing that some people were able to attract. So if you were going to do this again, but you were going to go for a far bigger amount to do the next stage of the business, what would that actually take? What would you have to do first with the business to get yourself in that position where you could do a crowdfunding project for a far larger amount? My goodness me, that's a question. Um, so if I was to do an absolute massive, I think one of the things that I noticed another great company um, did was ask for grants as well, the microloan company. Um, I think that's something that I that I didn't do and would, if I was asking for a lot more money, I'd probably ask for grants alongside because then you're getting larger lump sums that would take up a higher percentage of the total I suppose um but um I guess reaching out to magazines vegan magazines and 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 I guess I would probably write more professional letters to larger companies that I knew had more money um who would perhaps invest um and yeah, just keep up with the social media as well, because I mean, I managed to get, like I said, one person who was very generous, who I'd never met before. And so just, yeah, just every angle of, of every of every part of society, really. It's an exhausting process. I think perhaps maybe it's because I'm nearly nine months pregnant, but um you know the distribution of the books and the cookies and everything as well it's it's it has been hard work but it just goes to show that anything is achievable so if i did want a much much larger amount at least going into it now i would have i've learned from others with regards to the grants etc that there, there are possible ways to get larger sums of money as well absolutely now, can i ask laura how long's primary of education been going so about four years it kind okay. of started when my daughter started um like was finishing nursery going into school and I started realizing that there were issues with the transition um so there and then oh well I was speaking of the devil <laughs> there and then um yeah I just kind of realized that having left teaching because it clashed with my ethics and then realizing that she was also having issues going into formal education that somewhere somehow something needed to be done 
And with my background in teaching, it may as well be me. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think just to highlight from that, that's four years' work that you've already done before doing this crowdfunder. And again, that's what we're seeing. If people have just started out and they're saying, you know what, I think crowdfunding is a great way to start a business, it can be. But you've spent four years building that audience to get a successful crowdfunder. I know the other people who have been, uh, you know, very successful on this program, they have a similar kind of age. They've been going for several years. They've already built up a little bit of um, awareness about what they're doing. They've got a little bit of brand recognition with their audience. So so that's actually been really, really important for what you've been trying to do this this last month. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it does make sense because people can trust in the work that I do because they know that I've been doing it for free as a labor of love for four years. And they know that I'm not just going to take this money and go to Barbados. There's kind of that, 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 I mean, I'd love to, (laughs) Um, but um, there's that kind of trust, that trust element of, you know, having been founded for a short while. So I I do appreciate that, that people are more likely to give their cash to somebody who is more, kind of well-known and has that foundation um, as opposed to a brand, brand new business. But not, you know, for the brand new businesses, I understand how hard it is to get finance and get off the ground. But if it was easy, everybody would be doing it and everybody would be successful at it. So they just need to keep going at it and going at it and building that audience and not not be deflated if they haven't reached the target this time around, because there's nothing to stop them perhaps doing a crowdfunder in another year or two um, and then when that one becomes successful, it'll be the ultimate, the ultimate success story. Absolutely. So I actually think, Laura, that if you had crowdfunded just for a holiday after doing what you've been doing for, for free for so many years, I think you're st- you, you would have still hit your target. But what are you actually planning to do with this £3,000 that you've raised? So um, as part of my work, I go into schools and I train and work with teachers on how to be vegan inclusive in their practice. Um, And it's a presentation that I do to a full staff room and it's the same kind of speech or spiel over and over again. And what I thought would be really, really useful would be to put that into an online course, Um, a course where teachers in their own time, once purchased by the school, can learn how to be vegan inclusive and do activities and tasks and, and basically get themselves a CPD accredited certificate So in the eyes of education, that's seen as a good thing, that they're continuing their professional development. Um, And and that's basically me building an online course for a global audience. So any educator around the world who wants to become vegan inclusive um, can can now get that course from me and distribute it to their staff. But I've not known how to build an online course. So part of the money is going towards me being able to do some training um, to learn how to do that properly because I want it to be professional and it needs to be, you know, worthy of a school purchasing it. Um, And then also the CPD accreditation costs about £1,000 per year. So if I've got the safety net of the first two years, which I have, thankfully, um, then I can then start to save up the money from the purchasing to go back into that. And hopefully... 
It'll be, you know, it'll be successful. The world's first online CPD accredited vegan inclusive teacher training program. <laughs> we have to shorten that slightly. <laughs> you have to come up with, with something a bit more snappy. Yeah, I think. yeah. It's absolutely amazing what, what you're doing though, Laura. And, and, you know, huge congratulations on hitting the target with a crowdfunder. And, and I think all we can do is wish you the best of luck, you know, with primary of education, but also for the birth of, of your, new, your new baby. How long do you say you've got to go? Thank a couple you. of weeks? Yeah, yeah. Between two to three weeks. So, she could be here any any minute from now <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant well thank you so much for your time today laura I'll, I'll let you get back to what's a very busy time of your moments but we're all so pleased to be here and hopefully we'll we'll hear more from you in the future thank you thank, thank you so much for being the inspiration the push and the just the everything i'm so grateful thank you and that was brilliant, listening back to both those interviews again. And as I said earlier, Laura actually had quite a different journey, but she still emphasised those same points of consistency, of collaborating with others, and using that deadline to get the people who want to help you, but just keep getting distracted by other things. And it's not just crowdfunding. There's a lot in there that you can take away for just raising the visibility of your vegan business in general. But if you do want more information on crowdfunding, then do go back and listen to episode 24 of this podcast. And that's where we do a real deep dive into what everyone learned from the program that we ran with Crowdfunder UK. And we've also got all those recordings of the sessions that we did on the Vegan Business Tribe website. And if you are just thinking about all the different ways you can fund a vegan business, you can also watch some longer interviews and panel sessions that we've got on the website. And we do feature people like Mike Hill from One Planet Pizza, uh, Claire Smith, who's a vegan impact investor and the founder of Beyond Animal, and Nick Mayhew as well, who is a specialist in more traditional funding routes for vegan businesses. And again, you'll find all of these on the Vegan Business Tribe website. So there's no excuse for you to go and take a look. And if you're thinking about doing a crowdfunding campaign yourself then do get in touch with us through the website because we will likely probably run the program again and we'll take what we learned from this year's campaign to go even bigger and better next time so if you'd like to be involved with that then just let us know and that is it. So just to remind you that this really useful, no holds barred insight that you've just listened to, that came from Victoria at Happy Carrot Skincare. And you can buy her amazing, just made from plants and nothing else, skincare products on happycarrotskincare.com. And you also learned from Laura from Primary education and you can follow laura on her mission of making schools more inclusive for vegan children at primaryveducation.com and just to add a little ps that laura has now welcomed ruby rose into the world and lisa and i we both like to give mother baby father and pig sister our absolute very best wishes right one very last thing before I let you go, and I know, I know, but if you've listened right to the end, then that means that you found this information either really helpful or really interesting. Imagine if we got more of this kind of knowledge, support and advice into the hands, the ears and the heads of other vegan business owners. What a difference will that make to the vegan business scene? 
And that's exactly what I want you to help me to do. And the simplest and easiest thing you can do, if you're feeling just a little bit lazy, is by simply subscribing to this podcast if you haven't already. Because that just shows the platform that people think we're worth listening to. The second thing you can do is if you're listening on iTunes or a platform that lets you leave a review, I'd just really appreciate if once we've finished here, just go give us a quick five-star review because that really helps us get in front of more people. And then the last thing you can do, and this is just for people who really want to help us skill up grassroots vegan businesses so that they can knock a non-vegan business or a non-vegan product off the shelf, is you can share this podcast. And that has such a massive impact to the numbers of people we can reach and help. So you can share it directly. So if you know another vegan business, just send them the link to the podcast page on the Vegan Business Tribe website, or you can send them a link direct to Spotify or whatever platform you use. But you can also share it in the vegan WhatsApp group that you belong to. And I know that you do because we all belong to one or you can share it in the vegan LinkedIn group that you belong to or your local vegan business Facebook group or just on your own social media account. And if you do this, then please do tag us in and we will happily give you a shout out too if we manage to catch it. So that really is it now. And thank you so much for your time. I always appreciate you giving up your time to come and listen to this podcast. So go share the podcast if you can. Go take a look at signing up on the website if you're able to. And I will see you on the next one.